0: Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, July 27th. And we start with local news. The Murray County Commission approved unanimously on July 17th a one-year agreement with Murray Regional Medical Center, which would fund two ambulances to replace outdated ones at an estimated cost of $300,000 per ambulance, while providing $2 million to be paid in the month of August to help subsidize the EMS service. According to the proposal, which was brought forth by the Ambulance Service Committee, Murray Regional would staff nine ambulances within the county to manage 911 calls 24 hours per day, seven days per week. Murray Regional Medical Center would also staff seven 24-hour ambulances and two 12-hour ambulances based on call volume trends. Last December, Murray Regional CEO Dr. Martin Cheney asked the commission to review the previous contract. Several commissioners expressed their frustration with Cheney's presentation, stating the large number of emails and phone calls received from concerned citizens. When you brought this to us, I didn't like the way it was presented, District 10 Commissioner Danny Grooms said. You came in and said we either get this money or the EMS service is gone. It bothers me because, number one, you upset the citizens of this county, you upset your employees and you laid the blame at this commission's feet, he said. Cheney apologized to the committee, stating the challenge of the last agreement, which would auto-renew for another year if six months' notice was not given. I felt, as CEO, that it was important to get to a better deal because of the escalating cost of EMS that we were experiencing as an organization, Cheney said. It was never an intent to scare anyone. It was a matter of formality and the way the previous agreement was written in order to foster the conversation which has taken place over the past six months by the committee he said. Dr. Cheney admitted the operation expense has grown, citing an increase of trucks on the road, more personnel and labor, and inflation costs in replacing ambulances. According to the agreement, if the medical center's loss of operating the ambulance service is less than the subsidy of the county, Murray Regional Medical Center will refund the amount by which the subsidy paid exceeds the loss incurred by the medical center in operation of the ambulance service. Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt said she was thankful for the work put forth in the agreement. There were a lot of people involved in this, and it took a lot of time. But when you can come to the table and sit and talk things out together, that's the way to get things done, she said. The agreement will be in effect until June 30th of 2024. In other news, the Commission unanimously approved 19-0 to the budget for the upcoming 2023-24 fiscal year, which comes with no increase to to the tax rate, which is set at $1.91. The budget, which came in at roughly $255 million, includes the School General Purpose Fund, which totals about $144 million. Additional expenses include $44 million in the County General Fund and $8 million in highway funds, among others. District 8 Commissioner Ray Jeter praised the 14 new commissioners on their efforts during the budget process. This budget cycle went a lot better than I expected, Jeter said. That has a lot to do with the people on that committee, so thank you all for serving, he said. The budget has been set, sent to the state comptroller's office for formal approval. All but a handful of Murray County third graders will be moving on to the fourth grade, that was the message from Murray County Public School Superintendent Lisa Ventura who stated, "Our fourth grade promotion rate is finalized as 97%, 97.7% of our third graders have been promoted," she said. The Tennessee Department of Education released on July 19th final data about third-grade retention appeals. The window for families to submit an appeal of decisions about their students' potential retention in third grade closed on June 30. The Tennessee Learning Loss, Remediation, and Student Acceleration Act passed in 2021 set forth key academic supports for third-grade students who did not score proficient on the English Language Arts portion of the TCAP assessment and updated requirements for these students to move to the next grade via multiple pathways for fourth-grade promotion. While some third grade students may meet certain exceptions outlined in the law, students who scored approaching or below were able to access academic supports, including free summer camp and tutoring in their fourth grade year. And students who scored approaching had an additional opportunity to submit an appeal of a potential retention decision. Since the appeals window opened on May 30th, the department received 10,572 appeal forms statewide, representing 9,054 unique students. Of these students, 7,812 received approval on their appeal, and 685 students received a denial of their appeal. Additionally, 557 appeals that were submitted were not applicable. Regarding appeals, the district shows that 112 112 appeals were granted. We do not know how many appeals were submitted by Murray County families in total, Superintendent Ventura said. Murray County Public Schools received its initial test data on Friday, May 19th, in which roughly 63% of third graders failed to meet the required score, with 37.5% of Murray County Public Schools' third graders scoring approaching expectations and 25.9% scoring below expectations. Students were allowed to retake the TCAP in late May. Murray County Public Schools indicated in early June that approximately 350 third graders were signed up for the district's summer learning camp, known as STARS. U.S. Department of Agriculture Rural Development Tennessee State Director Arlisa Armstrong announced last week the availability of grants to help prepare essential community facilities that were damaged by severe winter storms in 2022. The facilities must be located in eligible rural areas and presidentially declared disaster areas. Murray County is included among the Tennessee counties eligible for the grants. The Biden-Harris administration and USDA stand ready to deploy every resource we have available to help families and individuals rebuild their lives and their communities, Armstrong said. The assistance I'm announcing today will help rural communities across the state have the resources they need to repair essential community facilities that were damaged by natural disasters in 2022. Under the leadership of President Biden, Vice President Harris and Secretary Vilsack, USDA remains committed to helping America's rural communities build back better by making rural infrastructure, including vital community facilities, more resilient in the face of increasingly severe floods, wildfires, hurricanes and other risks, she said. USDA is making up to $50 million in grants available through the Community Facilities Disaster Repair Grants Program, which receives supplemental disaster funding under the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023. Eligible entities may apply to receive up to 75% of total project costs to help repair community facilities that were damaged by natural disasters in 2022. Eligible organizations include public bodies, federally recognized Indian tribes, and community based nonprofits. Funds may be used for to repair essential community facilities, replace damaged equipment or vehicles, or purchase new equipment to undertake repairs. Applications for community facilities disaster repair grants will be accepted on a continual basis until all funds are exhausted. There's no minimum or maximum grant limit per project. For more information on how to apply, visit www.rd.usda.gov forward slash TN. The City of Spring Hill is considering an annexation request for approximately 22 acres off Buckner Lane, as well as preliminary designs for new residential development, which will include townhomes. The requests regarding the Caldwell Farms property were brought before Spring Hill's Municipal Planning Commission for consideration, who will vote on the two items in August, which will then move to the Board of Mayor and Aldermen for final approval. The development plans include a request for R2 residential zoning to allow for a planned unit development overlay. In all, 52 single-family units are being requested with the design, which will consist of 40-foot, 45-foot, 50-foot, and 65-foot sized lots. The use of townhomes is also unique in that, according to city planning staff, it goes against plans outlined in the Spring Hill Rising 2040 Comprehensive Plan, which does not recommend its use in the area. Greg Gamble of Gamble Design Collaborative said that while this is a unique request, the applicant, Crescent Homes, has proven its commitments as a trustworthy developer in the past. Crescent Homes is a very unique developer who truly believes in having a high bar in Spring Hill. I think you've seen that through Wilkerson Place, Gamble said. They recognize that Caldwell Farms just south of Wilkerson is part of that same story, he said. Part of that story is in the development's contributions to local infrastructure, which will include right-of-way dedication along Buckner, as well as $2,500 donated to the city per home, Gamble said. Gamble also added that the use of townhomes, which would number between 60 and 70 units, was to address the need for diversity among residents in the area, which has increased particularly for younger families moving to the area. And given its location near Buckner Road in the new I-65 interchange, it is also addressing the need for smart growth. It's where the infrastructure is being built, Gamble said. We want to utilize our existing infrastructure to its full potential and efficiency. Monday's discussion focused on many topics, including emergency vehicle access into the property, which includes a gate that opens when signaled by the sound of sirens. However, the design and method in which the gate operates did raise a few issues. I believe that conversation is ongoing because it's not just emergency access for the fire department, but also an emergency exit for people who live there, Spring Hill Planning Director Peter Hughes said. And if the gate is only opened by the sound of emergency vehicles, residents can't get out. Alderman Matt Fitterer said he had concerns with the vehicle access design as well and worries that despite its intent, you can't trust that every driver would adhere to the rules of the road and that certain curb cuts and entrances are restricted to emergencies only. Every day I see people turn left where there are no left left turn signs. People drag racing up and down the old Buckner Lane. We're just riddled with people not following rules of the road, Fitterer said. What I don't want to see is this resulting in essentially three curb cuts onto Buckner Lane. Monday's discussion concluded with comments from Mark Nozzle of Crescent Homes, who said his objective with the Caldwell property is to continue the success Crescent has had in the past with neighborhoods like Wilkerson Place and to provide a diverse group of homes near one of the largest areas of development in the city. We've had great success working with the city at our Wilkerson Place community, and our objective here within the constraints of this property is how we can bring a second similar community to this area, Nozzle said. The plan here today reflects that input pretty well, and we appreciate the thoughtful comments here tonight, and we'll go back as a team to make sure we can respond to these, he said. The annexation and preliminary design requests will appear again on the Planning Commission's regular voting meeting agenda, scheduled at 5.30 p.m. Monday, August 14th, and as previously stated, if approved, the items would go before the Board of Mayor and Aldermen for a final vote. The Well Outreach is preparing for another expansion from its current location on Main Street in Spring Hill. When we moved into the building on Main Street in Spring Hill, we never thought we would fill it to capacity. When we first moved here, we were serving 200, maybe 250 families a month through our food pantry, said Shelley Sasson, CEO of the Well Outreach. During COVID, however, the pantry saw the number of families it served double to more than 500, and last month the well served 1,005 families. Of those 1,005 families, 65% lived in Columbia and 77% lived in Murray County, Sasson said. That sparked the idea of finding a space in Columbia to make sure they could serve the community in the most efficient way possible. Our goal is to build a second location, which will give this location a little bit of relief and better meet the needs of our guests down there, she said. There is poverty everywhere. It's a matter of how much is seen and the quantity of it. There are people in Williamson County living in poverty, but as we go south, we are surprised to see the sheer numbers and also the lack of grocery stores in some of our more rural areas, she said. Access to food is just as important as being able to afford it, Sasson said, which is why the well is dedicated to finding a building or land in Columbia that can serve even more of Murray County. As we spread the word, we're hoping for new partners now and letting people know we are coming. We need land and buildings while we build a team to get ready to launch, she said, We will probably serve 1,000 families the day we open our doors, so we need to raise about $1 million just to build it out, she said. Sasson, with the help of Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt, applied for a $500,000 grant that would bring a semi-truck trailer with a grocery store inside to Columbia in order to quickly begin meeting the needs of the community. If we don't receive the grant, we may start with a smaller campus to start while we raise funds for the building we need, which we think will be about 10 to 15,000 square feet, Sassen said. The Well Outreach also serves at-risk students with a jetpack program, a backpack food program that provides food for children during the weekend. The program, which was started more than 10 years ago, serves over 800 students each week at 25 different schools in southern Williamson County and Murray County. A mobile food pantry is also available for families in need. There are currently 15 mobile food distributions scheduled for the year, with schools being used as the distribution sites. Sasson said the food comes from Second Harvest through a partnership started five years ago. The mobile food pantry runs from March to November, with two distributions each each month. The food pantry, located at 5306 Main Street in Spring Hill, is open Tuesday to Thursday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. and 6 to 8 p.m. and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The pantry is closed on Sunday, Monday, and Friday. Each household can visit the pantry twice per month and as often as needed for bread. Looking for a new career in law enforcement? Murray County Sheriff's Department announced on July 26 that they are hiring for multiple positions. Current open positions include communication dispatcher, correctional officer, deputy, and sheriff administrative clerk. To apply, visit www.murraycounty-tn.gov forward slash jobs. Downtown Columbia is getting a new, unique butcher shop, soon to open in the location of the former Marcy Joe's Mule Town on East 6th Street. Prime and Pint is a fusion of craft butchery, spirited tap room, and pop-up restaurant supper club. Offering local chicken, pork, and exotic meats in the crown jewel, dry-aged beef, Prime and Pint is far more than just a butcher shop or a bar. Their vision is to create a dynamic experience that tells a story of exceptional quality and craft while enriching Columbia's culinary scene and creating a space where food, friends, and community can flourish. The restaurant is hoping to open later this fall. Stay up to date with Columbia's Prime and Pint journey on Facebook and Instagram. Murray Regional Occupational Health, located at 1114 West 7th Street in Columbia, offers respirator medical examinations to its business partners for employees who must wear a respirator on the job. Their providers have extensive knowledge regarding occupational safety and health administration guidelines to determine if the employee is cleared for respirator use with no restrictions, cleared with restrictions, isn't cleared for any respirator use, or needs a follow-up examination. Murray Regional Occupational Health offers respirator medical examinations on a walk-in basis Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Any necessary follow-up appointment will then be scheduled. For more information, visit www.murrayregional.com forward slash occupational health. Join Murray Alliance for a legislative lunch featuring Congressman Andy Ogles for a stimulating discussion around the current issues facing our business community and nation. This exclusive event offers the opportunity for you to engage with one of our federal representatives and gain valuable insights into current legislative matters. You may submit questions in advance by emailing them to nperry, that's N-P-E-R-R-Y, at murrayalliance.com. The event will take place on August 15th from 1130 to 1 at Puckett's in downtown Columbia, located at 15 Public Square. The cost is $25 for Murray Alliance members and $30 for non-members. And now your hometown memorials sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Randy Eugene Dooley, 62, an employee of Lowe's and resident of Columbia, died Saturday, June 3rd at NHC Columbia after a brief illness. Private family services will be conducted at Rose Hill Cemetery. The family will visit with friends on Saturday, July 29th from 4 to 6 p.m. at Southern Trace Steakhouse upstairs in the Magnolia Room. Oaks and Nichols funeral directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Mrs. Mary Jane Galloway Moody, 80, a retired employee of Travelers Insurance Company and a resident of Houston, Texas, died Sunday, February 12th, following a brief illness. A graveside service for Mrs. Moody will be conducted Saturday, July 29th at 10 a.m. at Polk Memorial Gardens to lay her to rest beside her husband. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell.
1: There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness, and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people, and we work hard to do things well, but we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our
2: primary concern
0: oaks and Nichols funeral directors 320 west 7th street in columbia since 1856 people you can rely on for your southern middle tennessee weather we will have partly cloudy skies today with a high of around 95 degrees winds will be out of the southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour tonight we can expect clear skies and a low of around 72 degrees winds will be light and variable Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Here we go. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance...
2: Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jeweler's Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia.
1: American standard heating and air conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow... Isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931 388 2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today 388 2090. For more tips, visit Pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association. Funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board.
0: Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee is warning thousands of its current and former customers that a computer glitch caused the company to accidentally accidentally mail benefit information to their old addresses. According to the company, the letters may have included customer names, member ID numbers, group numbers, provider names, claim numbers, dates of service, and plan names. They may have also included eligibility information, including the types of coverage, premium and copay amounts, enrollment dates, and application ID numbers, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee reported. Nearly 2,700 customers were affected, according to the company. Social security numbers and bank account numbers were not included in the letters, the company added. The company blamed the mistake on a May 28 system update that caused the letter mailing system to reprint and email some letters previously sent to members in 2019 and 2021. While they want to correct members while they went to correct members, many of the addresses were outdated, the company said. Blue Cross Blue Shield discovered the error on June 5th and has begun notifying customers. We're sorry this happened, the company said in a letter to customers. We fixed the mistake as soon as we knew about it. We're also updating our processes to help make sure it doesn't happen again. The company is offering free credit protection services to affected customers, and to date, Blue Cross Blue Shield said in a news release that it's not aware of any misuse of any customer information as a result of the mailings. For more information, call 888-455-3824 between 8.30 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Monday through Friday, or you can email privacy underscore office at com. Franklin Police need the public's help to identify a suspect in a bank robbery Tuesday. Around noon that day, the suspect entered the Regent's bank at 3080 Columbia Avenue and demanded money. He did not present a weapon, according to a release from the city of Franklin. The teller put money into his bag. He then walked out and toward the back of the bank. We do not know at this time if someone picked him up or if he left in a parked vehicle, a spokesperson for Franklin Police said. There is a cash reward if you have the information about who he is. If you recognize him by a photo, which can be seen on WilliamsonHerald.com, call Crime Stoppers at 615 794 4000. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee today. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Keanu Reeves, Reeves, rather, the star of the John Wick and The Matrix franchises, is coming to Nashville in late December, and he's bringing his band. Reeves is a bassist and backup vocalist for Dogstar, an alternative rock band he co-founded with drummer Robert Mailhouse. They're joined by guitarist and lead vocalist Brett Domrose. The band formed in the mid-1990s, achieving average success but above-average media attention due to Reeves' involvement. In May, the band reunited for its first appearance in two decades. It was then that the band announced its new album, Somewhere Between the Power Lines and Palm Trees, on Instagram. The album drops October 6th. Along with the album, the band also announced a new song, Everything Turns Around, and a mostly U.S. 30-city tour starting August 10th in California. The band ends December, the tour rather, ends December 20th at Brooklyn Bowl in Nashville. As an actor, Reeves's movies has made him a major box office draw, earning him more than 3.5, earning, rather not him, earning $3.5 billion in gross sales worldwide. He has appeared in more than 40 films. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOMWKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.